here's something we hope you'll really like. To the Batmobile. What you talking about, Willis? Book him, Dino. Tell her she can kiss my grit. Dino Mars! Jane, you ignorant slut. How you doing? Who loves your baby? Alrighty then. Baby, you're the great. You look marvelous. Oh, sir. Just one more thing. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's a mud, mud I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you... Mr. Swab's Mod Mod World.
when I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. Mr. Suave. MrSuave.com is my favorite. Mr. Suave. I and five other women went naked hot tubbing with Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave's mod mod world. Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave's mod mod world. Mr. Suave spilled red wine all over my naked body in the hot tub. I held Mr. Suave's junk yesterday. Suave's mod mod world. Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave's mod mod world. Mr. Suave. You're a silver fox, Mr. Suave. I love MrSwab.com. You're listening to Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave. Mr. Suave. There's nothing like a Mr. Suave sandwich. Mr. Suave. I hope your wife doesn't find out about this weekend. Don't you wish you were Mr. Suave? <laughs> Hi, this is Sal from the Gold Stars in Chicago, Illinois, and you're listening to Mr. Swab's Mod Mod World at MrSwab.com. Oh yeah, baby! Mod Mod World first took to the airwaves. We had a President Bush and Senator Obama. Osama was still kicking, and Steve Irwin hadn't yet met a stingray. That was eight years and 299 modcasts ago. It's time to celebrate the Mod Mod World's eighth anniversary with modcast number 300. Here's your host, Mr. Swab. Welcome to the Modcast. This is Modcast number 300, if you can believe it. Uh, I can hardly believe it. And joining me for the show this week is my kind of all-time favorite co-host, DJ Ken. Hey, happy 300, Rob. Yeah, can you believe that I've been doing that many shows? Uh, 300's a, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, what year did you start? 2007? 2006. 2006. Eight, eight years. In fact, this is the eighth anniversary here in May of 2014. I didn't date this show now. I can never play it again. Um, <laughs> and yeah, eight years coincides with 300, uh, total shows. That's a pretty slow pace, actually, if you ask me. Well, you know, it's funny because... It seems like every time I do one of the From the Vaults, you know, shows because I was too busy or didn't get it finished, and so I throw one of the classics out there. I I like to call them hangover specials. (laughs) Yeah, hangover specials. They'll give you a hangover, I guess. But sometimes, uh, a a fair amount of the time, somebody will go, oh, another another rebroadcast. And I'm like, really? I don't see you out there doing 300 shows. Yeah, uh, a show week, you know, the, the few times I've guest hosted, uh, there's a lot of preparation and work that goes into doing these shows. Uh, I don't see how people can do, like, daily podcasts. At the, well, I guess they don't do hour-long ones with, you know, music and stuff, but, uh, yeah, 300 shows is pretty impressive, so congratulations on that. Thanks. I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, daily show would never happen for something like this unless I was getting Imagine. paid a lot of money. 
Oh, that'd be ridiculous. What, that I would get a lot of money? Well, starting with that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we opened the show uh, with 25 Miles by Edwin Starr, which is a classic soul track that probably most of the listeners all know uh, and are familiar is, uh, with. That was originally called uh, 25 Miles, What Is It Good For? And uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it uh, again. Yeah, so the reason we're doing... Uh, that song kicking off the show actually is the theme of this show. Decided to pick a theme other than 300. Yeah. Uh, both Ken and I, huge fans of the Brill Building sound. Absolutely. The uh, history of rock and roll. Uh, you know, for picking up from the, uh, I guess, the, the, the beginnings of rock and roll. And then um, this was the second phase of, of yeah. Uh, yeah. music. And if people don't know, the Brill Building uh, in New York on Broadway... Uh, started out as really even in the big band era. It was just where tons of composers, arrangers, musicians, producers all had their offices and um, would collaborate together and put out music. And it really took off in the 50s and then the 60s uh, with the rock and roll era kind of. And some of the most famous composers... Uh, writers, arrangers, musicians in rock music came out of that building. They all worked there together uh, from the likes of Burt Backrack to, I don't know, tons of others. Harold King. Neil just, Diamond. Uh, yeah, Neil Diamond. Um, so uh, funny that we start uh, we started the podcast with a convoluted history. So I know. It's 25 miles. Uh, all everyone needs to know is that uh, it eventually just got credit for being written by uh, Burt Burns and Jerry Ragovny, Ragovy? Yeah, something like that. Along with Edwin Starr and Johnny Bristol and Harvey Fuqua. Who were the uh, original credited writers, uh, but apparently it was so similar to a song by Burt Burns that he eventually got a writing credit on this. <laughs> I'll accept it. I'll allow that. We'll allow it, because he was in the Brill Building. Absolutely. So, That's a good song. It's a good song to start is. with. Some, some road music, man. Yeah, no kidding. It's one of my favorite dance tracks, probably. All right, we have some uh, we have some interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, next I like uh, to call it the fucked up set. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, it's three hundred shows. I can drop an f bomb or two, right? Yes, you can. It's your show. All right. So uh, the first song is the Crystals. He hit me, and it felt like a kiss. Really? Damn. Yeah. All right. Here you go.
go away, little girl. I'm not supposed to be alone with you. I know that your lips are sweet, but our lips must never meet. I belong to someone else. And I must be true. Um, go away, little girl. Go away, little girl. It's hurting me more each minute that you delay. When you are near me like this, you're much too hard. So go away, little girl, before I beg you to stay. Go away, please don't stay. It'll never work out when you. You're much too hard to resist. So go away, little girl. Call it a day, little girl. Oh, please go away, little girl, before I beg you to stay.
then I fell in love with the most wonderful boy in Manhattan. We take long walks down by the river and he beat me black and blue and I loved it. I'd have killed for that guy. But then one day James went away. I thought I'd die, but I didn't. And when I didn't, I said to myself, is that all there is to love?
All right, and that is a uh, new wave socialite, 1980, Christina, doing Is That All There Is, which was uh, originally made popular by Peggy Lee in 1969 um, by Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, big uh, real building guys who wrote, uh, like, you know, the dictionary of rock and roll. This is yeah. kind of a cabaret kind of thing. And then uh, Christina uh, rewrote the lyrics to fit the uh, uh, new wave aesthetics, I guess. Um, funny song. It didn't really sound like a Brill Building song. Absolutely of. not. That's, it's got that, that's why it's in this set. Yeah, it's got that weird cabaret vamp to it. And, uh, you know, she's just talking about how disinterested she is in everything. And uh, is that all there is? And it got her in trouble, right? Uh, yeah, a Lieber and Stoller put an injunction I, I, I read somewhere. It was, it was probably in the good old Wikipedia. That they, they put an injunction against the uh, song. They did, never wanted it aired, but there's nothing to do about it. But, uh... Yeah, it was, it was an injunction for like 24 years. Crazy. Um, so it couldn't be recorded by her or by anyone? Um, You know, I'm not even sure. Yeah. Do not know. Uh, before that was Steve Lawrence. Steve Lawrence. The great. And the uh, ladies are now single. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that was Go Away, Little Girl. Go Away. Uh, it's a cool, loungy kind of song, but uh, it's really about a poor guy being tempted to cheat on his girlfriend. With an underage girl. Yeah, yeah. A well, you know. Well. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't say underage, does it? It says go away, little girl, unless she's like, you know, a little person. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's just really short. Well, you know, you have a point there. <laughs> and if that wasn't messed up enough for you, right before that, kicking off that set was the Crystals. Um, with he hit me and it felt like a kiss. Ouch. I mean, even in like what 1962, I think that came out. Even yeah. then, that had to have been a little bit uh, on the edge, you know, for uh, beating girls up. And I guess the it was written by uh, Goffin and King, right? And it was based on a story that they got from the uh, chick who sang Locomotion. Was that Little Eva? Little Eva, yeah. and apparently she was, they found out, because they all worked in the Brill building together, um, they found out she was being beaten up by her boyfriend all the time, and they asked her about it because they were concerned, and she said, no, 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 it's okay, because he, he does it out of love. It comes from a place of love. Well, of course. And so <laughs> they wrote this song, He Hit Me, and it felt like a kiss. And that was the hit in 1962 from The Crystals. I know. Crazy, huh? Uh, that's insane. Uh, I don't think you'd be uh, getting that song published today. Uh, Chris Brown or, or Rihanna would take it. <laughs> Maybe do it. Yeah. Yeah, a, re- a remake, yeah. So Anyhow, that was our our screwed up set of weird songs from the Brill Building. Yeah, right off the bat, we just put some screwed up stuff out there for you guys. Yeah. So we got to get back on track with the good stuff, though. We do. And um, we have some really cool uh, 60s beat stuff coming up. We're going to... Get this going right now with the monkeys right here on Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World. Chocolate. 
Joining me for this week's uh, anniversary show is DJ Ken, and we're going through songs that are either done by musicians from the Bill Building or were written by writers and composers at the Brill Building in New York with that great Brill Building sound. That last track you heard was uh, written by none other than Sonny Bonham and was yep. done in 1965 by the Rolling Stones. Those she stones. said, yeah. Very nice. Yeah, it's a great kind of bluesy track, and it's from that early period of the sounds that I like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of short, but man, it moves. Um, let's see, what did we have right before that? We had Paul Revere. Was it Paul Revere and the Raiders doing Hungry? Yeah, Hungry. Uh, yes, I am, actually. But Paul Revere and the Raiders, right here from the Pacific Northwest. That's right. Where I'm at in Seattle. Uh, although there is a big argument between Seattle and Portland because they recorded and worked in both cities, and it's there's still uh, a little competition of who gets to claim Paul Revere the Raiders. Well, you know, I could see that fight happening like back in the '60s. Now, no one wants uh, you know that the 
they're an act that plays like Laughlin now and stuff. Yeah, uh, nobody probably, wants those uniforms. They probably want like they probably have like half an original member now. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than a lot of groups. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what was right before that was Boyce and Hart. Boyce and Hart did "I'll Blow You a Kiss in the Wind," which uh, Tommy Boyce and uh, Bobby Hart were a songwriting songwriting team from the Real Building. They wrote a lot of stuff for the Monkees. Yeah, and then uh, that song was from 1970, and it was uh, written for. Or actually, it was written for, but it was written. They wrote an episode of Bewitched around it, where uh, Samantha's cousin, what was her cousin's name, Serena, Serena, right, wanted to be a rock star, so she uh, she steals the power of Boyce and Hart, so she can do the song, so she can be a pop star, and so she sings it in the song. The uh, Serena does, you know, with the black wigged Elizabeth right. Montgomery, and uh, and then Boyce and Hart do it later. What they're playing some like. Witch Party Lounge. or something? It's yeah. some weird... Yeah, you can see the video on YouTube. It's, it's really bizarre stuff. Uh, and then uh, we were talking about... The, you know, we have a Red Cross version of it, too. But uh, it was nice to play the original. Yeah. Person, uh, night, late uh, Boys and Heart, uh, real building stuff from being from 1970. Yeah. Um, those guys wrote a lot of songs. A um, ton of songs for the Monkees, but uh, others as well. And th- that's kind of a sad story because... Um, I can't remember which, but one of them committed suicide. Yeah, Tommy did. Tommy Boyce? In 1994. Yeah, that's really, yeah. So on that downer, uh, before that we heard a song that was not by Boyce and Hart, but it was made famous by the Monkees. Right. It was Pleasant Valley Sunday. Great song about suburbia. Yes, it is. And uh, probably one of my favorite of all the Monkees. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really great. Um, all right. If you want a track list for this show or any other of the other 299 modcasts, you can head on over to mrsuave.com. What do you have to do? Uh, spell out the mister. That's right. So, yeah, you can uh, head over there, and if you want to drop me a comment, that'd be great. Uh, or you can look me up on Facebook at facebook.com slash modmodworld. Absolutely. All right. We heard a song in the last set by Sonny Bono. What do we got next? We have another song from Sonny Bono. This is uh, the great, feisty. Uh, have you ever heard his his tapes where he's chewing out his band? Buddy Rich doing the beat goes on, but uh, God, those tapes of him chewing out his band on the bus are classic. <laughs> uh, peppered with uh, all kinds of foul words, and he tells them how shitty they are and how they better whip it into shape. Um, great stuff. Anyway, this is the beat goes on with his daughter, his teenage daughter, who was know, like 12, 13 at the time doing this. I wonder if he chewed her out. Well, if he did, it worked because this is a great track. It grooves. It grooves. Right here on Mr. Suave's Mod Mod World. The beat goes on. Keep pounding a rhythm to the brain La-di-da-di-dee La-di-da-di-da Charleston was once the rage, uh-huh History has banned that stage, uh-huh The the current thing, uh-huh Teeny Bopper is our newborn king, uh-huh And the beat goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to 
Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the 
doesn't really want are things that you can never get. Still, every now and then, maybe she'll complain a bit because she feels upset. She only wants you to tell her that you love her. So if she wants you to turn winter into spring, promise her anything she's dreaming of. Promise her anything, she'll be happy if she only gets your love. And you can make them all come true Cause all she really wants Is to know you care for her The way she cares for you So why not promise her Ruby Even diamonds She'd trade them all for a plain golden wedding ring Promise her anything She's dreaming of Promise her anything She'll be happy If she only gets your love Well, you can promise her the moon when the sun is bright And promise her the sun when you're out at night Promise her the world and promise her the wish of your command And you'll discover soon she doesn't want the moon Just love will do Promise you anything but don't you ever let her get away from you Oh, you can promise her the moon when the sun is bright And promise her the sun when you're out at night Promise her the world and promise her the wish your command And you'll discover soon she doesn't want the moon Just love will do Promise her anything but don't you ever let her get away from you find the uh, doomed individual. Enough of your borax, Poindexter. Man's life is at stake. We need action. Okay, back with uh, Tom Jones right there, doing, of course, a Burt Backrack song, Promise Her Anything. Uh, Tom Jones was a, I don't know, he was he was a, a Backrack favorite, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. He just, you know, he had a Backrack like working with uh, females, he, he said so as much, but... Uh, so does Tom can... Jones, I heard. <clears throat> well, there you go. Uh, but Tom Jones just has that voice, just has that strong Welshman voice. Yeah, uh, and he, he he works, I mean, it fits so well with the stuff that uh, Backrack and Hal David were doing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what's up, Pussycat? Just, you know. Right. You, you, can't, you can't think of a better version of those songs than what Tom Jones did. And I promise or anything, just, a, you know, really good poppy, snappy song with a cool guitar sound and uh, fun to listen to. Yeah. And if you want more Burt Backrack, uh, I think it was number 286, Modcast number 286. I did an entire show of Burt Backrack songs. Was it that long ago? Yeah, it was a while back. Wow. Yeah. And I could do a whole other show, another one, 
uh, and not repeat anything, and probably oh. not repeat any artists either. Easily, so, easily. Yeah, and I, I, I was wondering about this: Do people cover Burt Backrack, or did they just play his songs? Because you cover somebody who played their own song, right? Whereas well, he wrote all these songs mostly for other people, not for himself. To and, and then he would record later as instrumentals, right. uh, his own releases, or he had uh, you know just studio backup singers singing like the choruses. Yeah, good question. Um, I don't think they're covers. Yeah. I don't know. No, he was a songwriter uh, first. Well, actually, he was a band leader first. But, you know, yeah, yeah, he wrote these songs for, you know, with people in mind. And then, you know, his muses were, you know, Dionne Warwick and... and yeah, uh, people the, like that. Dusty, Dusty Springfield. Springfield. Yeah. Who, you were saying he was uh, very hands-on with those recordings, of especially those two, right? Yeah, you know, during the big lounge scare of the 90s, I remember I have it somewhere probably in VHS. There was a, you know, a PBS special on Burt Backrack. You know, the man and the music. And uh, there was a great scene of him in the studio with a live orchestra and Dionne Warwick and, like, you know, the drummer in a booth and she's in the vocal booth. And he's conducting the band. That's um, great. And this was all recorded live and, you know. Uh, it was probably in the basement of the Brill Building. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I don't know if it was. It might have been California because it's huge. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the room itself was, like, Abbey Road size, uh, which is pretty big room. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, to fit the full orchestra. I don't think the studio downstairs at the Brill Building was quite that big. Um, but they did record a lot of stuff there at the Brill, though. Um, so what did we have right before that? Let's see. We had Annette Funicello, my paisana, doing Blame It on the Bossa Nova, which was actually a bigger hit for Igor May. Uh-huh. So that was written yeah. by uh, Cynthia Weil and Barry Mann, which will they'll be popping up again later. Uh, yes. He wrote so many good things. Um, yeah, Igor May had the big hit um, in 63. Then Annette released it, I think, in 64, 65, and had a smaller hit with it. Um, a lot of people. Uh, Katarina Valente did it. Uh, Cliff Richard did Cliff it. Richard, yeah. yeah. He did. Um, I just, I, I like the Annette version. There's something kitschy and fun about Annette singing it. It's just, it's a fun track. I did a whole Bossa Nova show, too. Yeah, we got to do another one. So, note that. We got to do another back rack show. We got to do a Bossa Nova show. Uh, we have, a, oh, we're doing the Wrecking Crew, for sure. Yeah, the Wrecking Crew will be the West Coast version of Brill Building. Kind yeah, of pretty thing, much. Right? Uh, but what musicians more than songwriters, but yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. And then uh, we started that with uh, Buddy Rich doing The Beat Goes On. Wait, Somebody wait, wait. Oh. Oh, no, you're right. Leslie Gore. Leslie Gore. She recorded was... right in the Brill Building. She did. Uh, doing, uh, that's a medley of two songs, actually. Right. 98.6 and Lazy Day by Tony Powers. Um, and I, I remember 98.6. I forget who recorded it. Uh, the, the version the... that's probably pretty popular. Yeah. It's like The Human Beings or something. Right? Yeah, yeah let's Maybe. see. Oh, if there was only a way we could find out. Some sort of, like, interconnected yes. source of information. Some sort where of we could... web of information. Uh, but, yeah, that's a pretty uh, pretty cool song. And I was not familiar with Lazy Day until you brought this to my attention. And so the two things uh, seem to work pretty well together. Yeah, I think uh, Tony Powers, who wrote both songs, actually did the arrangement for her. And uh, it totally works. It just sounds like one song. And it's uh, got some sunny pop. Uh, you know, summer's coming up soon. Breezy, easy, listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, as you were saying, we started it all off with uh, Buddy Rich. Rich. The beat goes on. Yeah. And that, of course, uh, really cool version there, but uh, probably a bigger hit uh, was the version that, well, of course, by Sonny and Cher themselves. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, Buddy Rich version was... Uh, you know, I don't even know if it was a single. I find it on a lot of compilations, and I finally pick up, picked up the album that that was on. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it is pretty good. And you were saying his daughter, who's singing, was only like 13 there. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty he, cool. 
He claimed later that she was drunk, but I think he was joking. Yeah, but I hope so. Who knows? That could have otherwise gone in her kind of fucked up set at the beginning. Ah, true. <laughs> All right. Um, coming up next, we've got uh, a few kind of cool, soulful sorts of things. And we're going to kick it off with the mod father. The man. Paul Weller. Right hey, here. His, wait, he has a new album coming out, right? Another Greatest Hits album. Correct? He does have a new album coming out summer, maybe? I'm not sure yeah. exactly when. Um, June, how many yeah. Greatest Hits albums can this guy have? Is it like Modern Classics, whatever? Yeah, that's what this one is. But this is Modern Classics. I, I, I swear it's like volume two. Yeah, it's part two. It's just yeah. uh, the next part of his career. And uh, so so he's doing Needles and Pins. Jack Nietzsche and Sonny Bono wrote it. Sonny Bono has his fingertips all over this show. And thank God it's only on the show. Salva- I mean, that's three songs by him. Salvatore Bono. A little Italian. All right, so coming up next, we've got the mod father himself, Paul Weller. Yeah. Needles and pins. Right here on Mr. Swab's Mod Mod World. a face I love and I knew I had to run away Oh, get down on my knees and pray because of all my pride She will see just how to say please Oh, get down on her knees Still there begin Those needles and pins up Because of all my pride Tears I've got to hide
wonderful tonight. I'm always wonderful at night. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Welcome uh, you, back. You just heard Laura Nairo with Stone Soul Picnic. She was the writer of that. Uh, wrote it. I don't know if she wrote it for Fifth Dimension, but uh, they certainly made it pretty famous. But her version's very soulful. Yeah. And then right before that was uh, Doris Troy with uh, a classic, actually, Just One Look. And I love the, the story of Doris Troy. She was a backup singer uh, for a lot of people. Right. Uh, um, you know, like Dionne Warwick and stuff. But she was actually, uh, I believe, she was discovered by James Brown, which is working at the Apollo. Wow, that's cool. And, uh, yeah, she did some cool stuff. And um, that Just One Look really is one of the great kind of soul tracks. And uh, right out of the Brill Building again. And that was a hit for many people, like a big hit for Linda uh, Ronstadt and Ann Murray. Yeah. And uh, the Hollies also had a hit with it in 64. Right. So that song is kind of never left. It's one of those things we were talking about this uh, uh, before about in the 60s, how people recorded songs like right in successive months, different artists were recording the same song just when it was coming out. Oh, yeah. And it was crazy. They'd all have a chart hit, you know. Um, so anyhow, yeah, just one look. Very popular. Very good song. And before that, who did we have? Let's see. Before that, we had Evie Sands doing I Can't Let Go. Another uh, great track. Great track that uh, everyone knows from the Hollies. And uh, that was written by Chip Taylor and Al Gorgoni. Uh, Evie Sands was a, a young singer that uh, had uh, found a while. Before that, uh, she was a young songwriter as well, as well as a singer. And she actually recorded that version of I Can't Let Go before the Hollies did. And uh, it didn't do well. Her single, and then the Hollies found it, picked it up, liked it, um, recorded it, and had a pretty big hit with it in the, in the UK. It was a uh, number two in the UK. I think it was only in the top forty, even that in the uh, in, in the US. states. Yeah. Uh, but you know, since then, you know, people who've gotten the greatest hits all know that song. It's just you know that song is a really mod sounding song. It is. Uh, it's just got that driving guitar. It's got incredible harmonies. Um, yeah. A perfect little you know couple of minutes of, of pop music. Right. And starting that set out was Paul Weller doing Needles and Pins. The Mod Father, who uh, is coming out with his second Greatest Hits album, like in June, right? Uh, right. Modern Classics Part 2 or something? Or? I'm sure it's Modern Classics Part 2. I'm pretty sure that that's right. I mean, who can have two or three Greatest Hits albums? There aren't a lot of people that have, <clears throat> have enough music for that. But man, okay. he just won't stop. It's called More Modern Classics, and it's out uh, June 2nd. June 2nd. All right. Okay, so um, that is kind of where we're at, wrapping up 300 shows. I can't believe it myself, but uh, earlier we were talking about all the things we want to do. We've got enough ideas for another 300. Easily, easily. And, yeah, so I make, I'm expecting good things this year from you, Ken. Wow, so I'm going to disappoint you like I disappointed my parents and my wife. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty much. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're going to try to get uh, Mike Simmons from uh, Sparkle Jets UK to do our annual beginning of the summer show. Uh, you know, Darren. Yes. Darren is uh, coming down a couple times this summer, so hopefully we'll get a couple of minutes to, to record a podcast. Uh, we keep we keep uh, threatening to record one at Tiki Oasis, and uh, he'll be down for that. 
And, uh, you know, it's on me. I just drank too much at Tiki Oasis for that to ever happen. Yeah, so unless I, I do it, unless I do it the day we get there before we start getting pounded, <laughs> it is not likely to happen. So when, is, when are the uh, shingles going to record something now? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, Darren's got actually Darren's got a new guitar too. We should uh, we should do it, man. Should, and I just bought a new guitar. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, he'll be down here in June for a week. Maybe we'll uh, we'll get something going. Yeah, so, that'd be uh, cool. I know Mike will be on vacation, so yeah, it could possibly happen next month. But I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. All right. I'm just hoping and a wishing and hoping. Speaking of real building sounds, right? Okay, so uh, if you want to check out the track list for this show, of course, you can head over to the Modcast homepage at mrswab.com. I will also throw up a couple of cool uh, Brill Building-related videos there that you might want to check out. Very cool. And uh, I think we're going to take it out with something pretty cool that you uh, brought to my attention. Well, you know, something that, uh, that you and I particularly like as part of our uh, our mod oeuvre of songs is, uh, you know, we were big fans of the lounge scene in the uh, the 90s. And uh, one of the great things that came out of that was uh, the re-releasing of the back catalog of guys like this guy, Cal Jader, a vibe player yep. in San Francisco. Uh, he was, uh, his parents were like Swedish immigrants, but uh, he made his he made his bones in the uh, the Latin jazz scene. And, uh, you know, everyone knows Cal Jader. They know the Wachawada song. Yeah, right. And uh, this is uh, him doing My Little Red Book, which Backrack wrote for which movie with My Little Red Book? Do you remember that? I do not remember. Anyway, the hit version <laughs> was, by, was by Love. Yeah, the hit version. But there was also a great version by Manfred Mann. That was the original version. Right? Yeah. And uh, a lot of people have uh, have done that song down through the years. But, man, this one is it is so cool. It's like ice cold. And it was from uh, What's New Pussycat. What's New Pussycat. We should have known that. Well, now, <laughs> now we do know it. Another great song out of the Brill Building. And uh, thank you to all the listeners for the last eight years. I appreciate you all very much. And, thank you. Uh, love doing this show, and I hope to do another 300. And here we are with Cal Jader, My Little Red Book. Happy Thanks, 300. Ken. Thank you, man. All right, I'm Mr. Suave. Thanks for listening.
Mod Mod World first took to the airways, we had a President Bush and a Senator Obama. Osama was still kicking, and Steve... Er Cut! Practically took you more takes than I've had modcasts. <laughs> <laughs>